Hey everyone, I'd like to welcome you to the show and just remind everyone that we have shirts in the shop. Go to pgttcm.com. You can pick up shirts, stickers. We even have those shower curtains I was talking about last time. Also, you can join us on Patreon and get a free sticker. Check out the show notes and learn how you can be a part of People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, help support the show any way you can. Patreon users, uh, you get a free sticker, at least. So check out what we've got. Uh, Show notes, that's where you're going to find our PayPal link and our sponsors and any information about any guests that are on the show and where to find them. Thank you. You're listening to KZOM, Olean Public Radio. 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 It is me, D.B. Spitzer, and to my virtual right, Dave. How the heck is it going, Farmer Dave? I am doing well, thank you. Good to hear uh, Everyone, welcome to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. I am one of the hosts, D.B. Spitzer, and we are, uh, we got, we got, uh, we got two topics that we're tackling today, and... I'm 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 super excited about this. Uh, one thing I wanted to say on the top of the show uh, last time, I said, "Hey, if anyone wanted to punch up any of Dave's puns or uh, send us any jokes, please do." And Jenny B from Ontario, Canada, uh, Toronto, uh, she wrote, uh, "What do you call a bioengineered device?" on Pluto. I don't know, Jenny D from Ontario, Canada. What do you call a bioengineered device on Pluto? A shugath on yugath. That's actually pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I thought so too. And if you have any jokes that you want to send in, if you have any wacky ideas, if you have any stuff that you want us to cover, if uh, something that popped up into my brain today, and I've been sharing it with the Insmith Circle writing group, can ghouls become deep ones and can deep ones become ghouls or influenced by the other? You know, I mean, can can a ghoul come from hybrid human lineage of, you know, a ghoul? And can like if a deep one's hanging out with ghouls like Pikmin, uh, will, will they slowly become ghoulish? Uh, some people cool have uh, said, well, what if uh, Pikmin was actually a changeling, you know, like replaced as a baby with a ghoul? And it's like, I think they'd kind of notice that. <laughs> people would kind of notice a rubbery, dog-faced, uh, backwards-legged, anyway. Yeah, but could, could you imagine that family reunion? You know, if a ghoul married like a deep one, yeah. and like they were having a big picnic, 
Yeah, they're bringing little fish again. Well, you know, they they're bringing dead bodies again. Oh yeah, the, that that could be a sitcom and a half. Definitely, definitely. For all we know, Azanith Waite could have been. Uh, oh no, 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 no. Her father wasn't a ghoul. He was just a sorcerer. Uh, her mother was a deep one, though. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that would be, like, kind of an interesting antagonist, or even a protagonist, depending on your, your campaign or your short story idea, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about the Dark Young, and I keep messing up on the name. What were you uh, saying it was earlier, Dave? So... Uh, and, and I am notorious for naming, thing, pronouncing things wrong, right. but Daleoth? Daleoth. Okay, I like Dale-Loth, that. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Ramsey Campbell, if you're out there, you could just email us or yeah. call us with the uh, exact pronunciation. Definitely. Since you created the dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, Renderer of the Veils, and uh, yeah, we've got that going on for the first part, and Dark Young for the second part, and we don't know for the middle. And yeah, uh, how's everything out on the farm these days? I know about the middle, I just haven't told DB. Oh, okay. It's a secret. Okay, cool, I like secrets. So you want to know what the middle part is about? What's the middle part about? So you've inspired me with Dowlaw. Sure. And I'm amazed. Well, actually, when I went to look at him, I go, gee, that is a deep cut. Uh-huh. You know, that's, so we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to go from shallow cuts to deep cuts in science fiction and horror. Nice. Stuff, shallow cuts meaning, you know, not bad. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. stuff that's really popular. People really know, recognize. Oh, yeah. But it's got some deep cuts. They lead to some pretty deep, dark secrets, uh, including a horror and, you know, uh, how uh, maybe the latest episode or a week ago episode, by the time we put this out, uh-huh. episode of the Book of Boba Fett might just be inspired by an obscure David Gibbons comic. Interesting. Very Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recently saw on the Facebook, you, I think it was you who said something, you knew what was going on in the book of Boba Fett because the fact that you read comics. <laughs> so, so a major, <laughs> spoiler, a major character that has only been in the recent, since Mar- uh, Disney took over Marvel, a character has only showed up in the comic books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has appeared in the book of Boba Fett. Oh, interesting! Very interesting. And uh, a major comic book character has just never had a movie or TV representation. Uh-huh. And we'll go, maybe go a little bit, but it may open its uh, doors to some uh, some other deep cuts uh, from the comics. Super excited to hear that! Super excited to hear that! So, Dave, before we get into that, and before we talk about any dark young, let's let's talk about this. Uh, rods and hemispheres and you know eyes render the veil and ramsey campbell and i think that's everything i know well there's there's, there's a little bit more out he's an outer god sure sure oh wait, wait a minute uh, wait a minute what's an outer god well that's an entire different episode okay <laughs> but so he's an, an, an outer god and, and and here's the thing uh and i think the, the, you're right. Uh, Render the veil uh-huh. is his uh, main uh, uh, appearance, but I think it might be mentioned in cold print. 
Okay. Uh, it's mainly a Yagamak story. Okay. Uh, um, is, is, is there another example before we go on? Is there another example of an outer god that you can think of? Um, why, of course there are. Like, is Yag Sothoth an outer god? Or. I thought he was an elder thing. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, like, uh, um, well, you know, an outer god actually, um, Azathoth is a outer god. Okay, okay, I got you. Another one we're talking about today, uh, Shubnagaroth. Okay. And you're right, Yogsagoth is an outer god. Uh, so they're the. Uh, they're. Yeah, they're. Uh, and Narlahotep, we never know because mm-hmm. he doesn't want you to know. Sure. So it's sort of the more powerful, almost more deity like yeah. of the Lovecraftian. Uh, creatures. All right, all right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So you were saying before I I, I made you define outer gods. <laughs> yes. Uh, so um, Dalith is um appears in the the renderer of veils, and here's the the sort of interesting thing. He appears as this form, right, of sort of cones and. And physical shapes, mm-hmm. and but he's also he's almost the embodiment of math, huh? And so you think about it, think of the characters, uh, uh, Henry, uh, Henry Fisher and Kevin Gilman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it kind of think well you know that's kind of a, a sort of a play, but Gilman of course you know Walter Gilman, yeah, who is the mathematician in. Uh, uh, the dreams of the witch house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that Cam's uh, around. I mean, uh, uh, Ramsey Campbell was actually sort of thinking this when he when he created it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I feel yeah. <laughs> um, so did you want to maybe tell share uh, part of the the story of the renderer of veils? Oh, I have not read that story since I was 14 or 15 when I actually had a copy of Cold Print. Yeah, so it's been a while since I have read it too. But so they basically share this taxi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he starts going on about the occult, yeah. occult practices. Uh, and so Gilman gets really excited to accompany him. To, to perform this this ritual sort of pretty much sight unseen mm-hmm. and bad things are sure yeah 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 in, in in some ways it kind of reminded me of the uh from beyond but um i i remember yes. reading it as a kid and it reminded me a lot of like stephen king if stephen king was better written but also like a, a, a more modern kind of like Lovecraft. And I was like, I, I like this Ramsey Campbell fellow. <laughs> but the and, last and time I read it was in like middle school. And, and there's also this sort of, uh, there, there's this sometimes Christianity, other mm-hmm. religions, definitely sure. new age belief yeah. that we don't see the universe as it really is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Lovecraft definitely from beyond addresses this. Yeah. Uh, and and so when we remove the veil from our eyes, when they they render the veil, you know, you see the, what the universe really is like. Yeah. And you go crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's 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 something like the complexities of the universe. Uh, you see uh, how kind of complex and simple the universe is all at once, and it's it's kind of like this ultimate madness that you you undergo is kind of like I don't know how my my mind canon has always dealt with uh, Daleth which uh, uh, saying the name I keep saying the name and it makes me think of uh, Durleth and I'm like oh wait a minute is this Ramsey Campbell's homage to uh, August Durleth uh, Daloth I you know I would not put it past him yeah uh, and it's Campbell, I believe, that Dareleth is the one who says, write your area. Yep, yep. Stop writing, yeah. you know, stories set in Massachusetts. You know, write them in England. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And that, that, that was what my thought was. It's like, we know that they've met because... Uh, Durleth or at said, least corresponded. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, we know that we've they, they, they at least wrote to each other because Durleth said, write what you know. It, to paraphrase <laughs> what you just said. <laughs> But yeah, no, no, and that that I think is kind of a cool, exciting thing if that's true. As as it's kind of like a tradition of uh, Lovecraftian writing circles is uh, uh, Cthuloid writing circles, weird fiction, cosmic horror writing circles is to name check other people in ancient deities and ancient civilizations and stuff like that. But yeah, Clackish Tom, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Atlantean uh, king, I believe it was, or or, or a high priest, or yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, king too. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's 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 always fun uh, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, you know, I was, I was talking, you know, Dallas is really sort of other than that. Like I said, maybe it comes up. I really thought it was a deep dive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the most recent copy yeah. of Chaosium's Monsters. Uh, Monstorium or uh-huh. Malus Monstorium. Yeah, it has about four pages on this. Interesting. Which a lot of it, it it's got to be, and you know, Chaosium's got as much right to make things up as, sure. as anybody else, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but I can't believe they got this all from that one short story. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's either from adventures that they have, or, or, um, you know. They, they're, they're creating sort of encounters mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and even the original, they seem to be, the cult seems to be sort of rare. Yeah. Uh, but at least among human beings, but they kind of also hint that maybe there's like two different cults, uh-huh. you know. And so did I ever... Did I ever tell you, and I know this is very simplistic. Okay. Did I ever tell you my definition what the difference between religion and magic is? Uh, probably, but let's, let's everyone hear it again. So, religion is drawing upon the supernatural for salvation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Magic is drawing on the supernatural for power. Okay. And, and this is... This is sort of like, in a lot of ways, it's almost like a, Dallas is kind of like a subset, almost, or a smaller example of Azathoth. Mm-hmm. It's all this power. You know, where I'm reading stuff, it's almost like it's a volcano. And, and a, a volcano doesn't care if it's, 
you know, wiping out villages or heating, you know, uh, thermal steam plants to, to warm other cities or something. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of that raw power. And, and, you know, when the people cast the spells to bring it, it's, it's like, well, if you don't do it right, you're not ready for it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're like dropping an atom, a spiritual atom bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, something I keep thinking about is the uh, astronomy cult of Atlantis and how kind of uh, interesting that is. Not that, not that, of course, that like uh, Daloth had anything to do with uh, the 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 uh, demise of Atlantis, but the fact that Atlanteans, as 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 well as uh, beings on Yagoth and Thon or Tom or Mott or whatever <laughs> monosyllabic uh, uh, world that really hasn't been explored too much in this show uh, that was written by Ramsey Campbell. Uh, you know, uh, it's 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 uh, kind of cool, kind of cool that it's it's a being that is worshipped, and it's 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 a being that represents. It is. He's the render of veils. He's, yeah. he's the revealer. Yeah. Revealer. You know, he's the revelator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I think that the the latest Chaosium book sort of does. Yeah. Um, it ties very well with these other intergalactic beings. Okay. Or ultra-dimensional beings. It ties him in with the Yithians, and it ties him in with the. Um, uh, Tenedalosins. That makes it's sense. Not the hounds. Yeah, this makes this this makes more sense. This 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 seems like it has a bit of uh, yeah. No, I, I like that. I like that. That's pretty cool. And, and in the ways, I think this is more of sort of our concept of ultra terrestrials mm-hmm. than say Cthulhu. Maybe, yeah. maybe you know not Yog Sagoth, but but more of a an ultra terrestrial sort of this really sort of alien power source that we can't that we we kind of you know literally if you if you read keel's you know original stuff you say whatever this is is this is just a glimpse of it that Mm -hmm. we're seeing yeah uh so um and this would have been i i think he wrote this one around 60 to okay. or 64 so that really Keel would have been out but maybe not in England okay uh, but it, it, I think this would definitely predate the Mothman prophecy so yeah. it's sort of that's kind of a, an interesting thing but this really is sort of I think him and this Yog Sagoth are the embodiment of the ultra terrestrial concept Cool. Very cool. Yeah. In in uh, in the past, I've I've had uh, like uh, cults of Sathagwa give uh, like revelance, uh, not revelance, but uh, uh, they, they 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 pay tribute to the De- outer deference. gods. What's that? Deference. Yes. They they they, they pay uh, tribute to the outer gods. Uh, you know, they're, they're, well, priests of uh, Sathagwa, worshippers of Sathagwa, they pay like tribute to the outer gods, Azathoth, Yog Sothoth, Shubnigroth, uh, and uh, Dialoth. All, all the all the important oths. <laughs> and and yeah, I, I guess that's that's a sign of uh, 
outer gods, except for, I don't know, Shoggoth and Yagoth, but... <laughs> But yeah, I, I think there's there's some interesting things. Anything else we wanted to talk about with the uh, dialoth? I think we uh, I think we were about pretty much covered them. All right, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I have to say, Yithians and dialoth sound like a, a you know two great tastes that taste great together kind of thing. All right, everyone. Uh, up next, Dave's corner, and then some D and D on D and D, and we'll see you after that. See you soon. Hello, everybody. This is me, Farmer Dave, and um, once again, for the second time in a row, I'm taking uh, either advantage or making atonement for my not getting a guest to come talk on the show to kind of share some thoughts that are sticking in my mind. And today, in the inspiration that, uh, you know, DB has been giving us some sort of deep dives in the Cthulhu mythos in some deep cut monsters and gods, I thought we'd do a little bit of going from the shallow pool to the deep end of the pool. And what I mean by that is I want to talk about some things that are really in sort of the cultural zeitgeist of the pop culture community um, and then kind of relate it to some things that are maybe um, much rare, more more trivial, uh, more obscure. So when I say something is in the uh, shallow end, it, it's not a necessarily insult, it's just, it's there. Uh, now, in such, and I'll try to give as much warning as I can, um, and there's going to be spoilers. Um, and I'll try to especially keep the spoilers out for uh, the the more shallow, and again, I, I hate using that word. I should be using the, the more well-known. Uh, just talking about obscure, you know, 15-year-old or more comic books, you almost have to explain more, so there's going to be more spoilers. But I'll try to keep them to a minimum. So what is hot in pop culture right now, other than our good friends at Disney are now bringing up forth the book of Boba Fett. Now I'm kind of, in a way, I'm, I'm kind of up and down on the book of Boba Fett. Uh, the first, the first episode was basically retelling of how the titular. Uh, bounty hunter escaped the belly of the snor- sarlacc, and you know it's, it's something I've seen, I've read, you know, uh, uh, read in things like uh, the you know, tales of the bounty hunter. But things that you know me and Pat Pat Oswald have, have you know talked about for years. And are you just lost a gallon of blood because that was a deep cut? Uh, if you haven't. 
go ahead. Even I'm not a community fan, but but uh, uh, go into uh, YouTube and, and Google uh, Pat Oswalt's uh, community Star Wars rant. And it's just the only reason we should be keeping the filibuster. But um, so the first episode was okay. And then I love the second episode. The, the second episode was as good as anything Disney has produced on Star Wars TV. It's as ounce for ounce as good as the first episode of The Mandalorian, which was just this magnificent episode. And then the third one was... Well, it was good. And, you know, Disney's got us to this point that you know, maybe that just good, solid, prolific storytelling is not enough. But I, I love the second one. And the third one was kind of a mix. And so, spoiler here, a lot of people, especially aren't used to the comic books, were, were sure, who is this big, giant Wookiee? And his name is Black Chrysanthemum. And he comes from, originally from the Darth Vader comics, but then switched over to the Dr. Aphra. And he is a gladiator slash bounty hunter who has worked for Boba Fett, uh, kind of how, again, he ended up working for the twins. But this would have been between uh, New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. And then afterwards had worked for Dr. Aphra kind of hoping, and I haven't seen the fourth uh, episode yet, kind of really hoping that Aphra makes an appearance. Uh, for those of you who don't know uh, who Dr. Aphra is, she's the first character in the modern Marvel iteration of the uh, Star Wars comics, which is, what now, five, six years old. Uh, the first person that was not in a movie to get her own comic line. Uh, she's sort of this anti-hero uh, archaeologist slash adventurer slash hacker. Uh, and she's my favorite character, even though she's a solid anti-hero. Uh, and love to see her on this show or other shows or her own shows. Uh, and I would love... So I had a friend who really would like to see Aquafina uh, play the part. Although, I would like to see a... I'm kind of rooting for Olivia Munn. And I like Olivia Munn, but I haven't really liked what she was in. Even, you know, when she was basically being herself uh, in X-Play, I thought she was kind of overshadowed by uh, by Kevin there. So, I'd like to... I'd like to see, I think this would be a good role for her. So, a thing that a lot of people had sort of problem with the third issue were these, you know, mods in space. Uh, so I'm talking about the, the Mos Espa gang that's riding around on all these scooters with mirrors and fancy dr uh, dressers with cyber gear. Um, and they're very obviously based on the mods. Uh, mods and rockers. You know, I don't know a lot about mods. Uh, I know that they like the Who, and they took drugs and rode these Vespa scooters. And you notice, like, it's the Space Gang, they have mirrors all over, not even, like, digital displays, traditional mirrors uh, off their handlebars, just all these 
four, five, six mirrors on a side. The mods did that, so you know it's obviously based on them. Um, and the mods were an English counterculture movement in the 60s, I believe, and they basically were the antithesis of the rockers, which were a little bit more traditional motorcycle group, uh, greasy type uh, individuals. Um, and yes, they did get into a few fights, but the press really apparently blew this out of proportion. And where there would be someone who, uh, you know, a, a teenager wearing a fancy suit drowned, you know, mod murdered at the ocean, or, you know, if they fell in the water. So press really sort of uh, blew apart the, the stories of the, the violence between the, the mods and the rockers. And eventually, like all counterculture movements, it, it disappears and they grow up. But really, and we're going down to, we're going down deep cut here. We're going, you know, T for the Tillerman Deep. David Gibbons, which is best known as the artist on things such as V for Vendetta or The Watchmen, uh, he's mainly, most of his drawings have been combined with Alan Moore comics, but he wrote and drew an amazing black and white comic called The Originals, which were basically about these cyberpunk mods. And as I remember, I think it takes place in the 60s in England, but it's an alternative reality, an alternative time zone. So they have basically hover scooters and they wear the suits and it's about these two guys that basically join this mod gang called The Originals and they go to combat uh, with the um, basically a rocker gang called they call the dirt uh, and I don't know this for a fact but I think this really did influence these these Vesper hover Vesper driving uh, uh, gang on in Mos Espa and you know these shiny very colorful little almost silly slash childish hover bikes it, 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 the fact that I know that it's based on the mods uh, and possibly on Dave Gibbons' original sort of redeems that gang to me. Uh, I think I would have gone with a much more traditional, uh, maybe cyber, more hover biker gang like, like the Nictos uh, are on the show. I just, the, the, the I don't know, that, that clean, nice mod, it, it, it helps that I know that what the mod movement is. just doesn't fit in gritty Book of Boba Fett. But I'm not sure. I mean, it's an original idea. Well, originally David Gibbons' idea. But, um, yeah. I just, we'll see. I gotta, like I said, I have to see episode. So in the next few minutes, Let's talk about another sort of shallow and shallow meaning, you know, just sort of pop, popular culture. Hawkeye. I mean, Hawkeye has always been one of my favorite superheroes. And I don't mean Clint Barton. I am talking about the one, the only Kate Bishop. And I love what they've done with the show. I mean, Kate is one of the few. Uh, 
Marvel comic characters that I follow, you know, got all the comics and uh, her version of Hawkeye. And I love the fact that, that they share the name. And you ever watch, especially, um, uh, you know, the Matt Fraction, David Aha version. Uh, and I've read the first graphic novel, uh, My Life as a Weapon. But then, you know, how you doing, Hawkeye? I'm doing fine, Hawkeye. And, and pretty much all the good stuff in the TV series, besides the chemistry, that was just some amazing chemistry uh, in that show. And, and again, it just sort of, it got much better. It got, it got, I liked it the more and more it went. But the chemistry between the actors and each other, just amazing. It makes that show. But what really got me to like, and this is a deep cut, Kate Bishop is in one of the comics, I'm not sure if it's the Matt Fraction or not, uh, that's during Halloween. And so she dresses up for Halloween as Alan Alda's Hawkeye. And, and from that moment, Kate could pretty much do no wrong in my book. And, and, and Haley Atwell is amazing. I think she's a great choice. She's got this sort of, she's not the fandanista, or she's not, you know, you know the, the clothes horse that, you know, that, that the other Katie is, but she's got that sort of plucky spirit and this sort of underdog wit, and the fact that, yes, she gets it, that she's using a couple of sticks and a string to fight monsters, uh, and, Again, spoilers, but uh, I, I, I like that she is the one that's able to take out Kingpin. Um, now, again, spoilers, you know, we see with Echo, which is another favorite character of mine, and who was the original Ronin in the comic book. She was the first one. Clint is the second one to pick up the Ronin costume. But, uh, so yeah, Echo, uh, Maya is the first one. And, um, in the comic book, of course, it's Daredevil, not Hawkeye. And at the end, again, spoilers, she shoots Kingpin, like she apparently does in this series, but you're not gonna... We're not going to spend all this wait to get the guy into the, the Disney show and then kill him off on the second outing. Uh, I think he's probably going to happen with to happen in the comic books if he's going to go blind or blind to one eye. Uh, also, again, this isn't comic. So even his, his little Hawaiian shirt Panama hat is from the comics. But, you know, he, did you see how easily he ripped off that door? I'm thinking that maybe the Kingpin in the MCU got some super soldier serum from the Power Broker. Uh, maybe. Uh, he definitely seems to have strength. And he definitely seems to be alive. I think he's got a lot of other things going on in his plates right now. In, in the comic books, he had to go to Europe to get a special surgery. But I think... Well, and what... Prevented him from getting revenge uh, on Kate was a cutout scene that was deleted, where basically um, 
Flint mails him the Ronin sword and says, you ever go after my family or Kate, I will come and kill you personally. And I think that makes Clint still shows, even though he's this family man and he's losing his hearing and he's mellowing, he's a hard case. And yeah, you're going to go after someone he cares about. He has no thought of cutting you up. Um, I get why they did they cut that cut that scene out because you know it just yeah uh, we just had this dramatic scene where where Kingpin may have been killed. So, Thank you yeah, once again for listening to People's oh, Guide to the guys, Cthulhu yeah, Mythos. You can help show your support by going to the show notes and following any of the links that'll tell you how to support the show, how to support our guests, and thank you to all of our guests who you can find in the show notes. Rate, review, subscribe, and remember, patrons get priority access to asking us questions, suggesting topics, even, I don't know, uh, submitting stuff. Actually, you don't have to be a patron to submit anything. That's how Dave got on the show, and that's how you can get on the show, too. It's the People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Thank you for listening. Back to the show. on him and to raise him and guide him and so you know Eleanor Bishop may be a murderer she may be a liar she may even be a bad mom but she's protected her daughter from Kingpin in a way that William Lopez Maya's father couldn't and part of it was that you know William was set up by the Kingpin and he manipulated he manipulated Ronan and Hawkeye at the time to kill him. But if if Eleanor uh, if Eleanor Bishop hadn't done what she had done and hadn't protected and watched out for her daughter, it would be Kate being his assassin. So, you know, kudos for you, fictitious mom. The other thing is, I thought that I love, absolutely love, the Yelena, uh, Yelena and Kate chemistry. Uh, Florence just stole the show. She was amazing, and by our, a very well-written, charismatic character, she was the most charismatic, most well-written. She just, yeah, she rolled a nat 20 on the, her performance role. And so I didn't think that in the 616, the comic book universe, that Kate had ever met Yelena. But there, in the most recent uh, arc of Black Widow, Yelena, and I'm not sure how, because I thought Yelena was dead, and then turned out she was running around, no, it was actually Nat disguised as Yelena, and then she discovered all these clones that Yelena didn't want and destroyed them. So, I don't know, but there's a, there's a Yelena back in the 616. And I've always loved Yelena. I, she's always been my favorite Black Widow, way before the, the movie. You know, ever since I first read about her in um, the arc about 10, 15 years ago, the things they say about her, where she basically kind of 
quit the, the spy business and started uh, running an organization to help women uh, in duress out of Cuba. Um, and she was using her spy knowledge basically to help women. And Yelena has always been my f favorite character. Um, as, you know, Kate. And But I thought that Kate and Yelena had never met. But in the 616, in the most recent Black Widow, uh, Black Widow calls in basically a team as one of the Spider Girls. Uh, this local new girl who basically got zapped with something that gives her powers because her electrical powers but it's basically making her body burn out and for backup she calls in Kate uh, and this version of Yelena the White Widow very very much based on Florence Pugh's interpretation of the blonde Russian spy um, well they are at the end Kate shows up and helps them turn the fight and the White Widow Yelena says you know, I love Hawkeye, so it's a very meta scene. But that is what I have to share with you. So I'm gonna turn off my recording equipment, send this out to DB, and watch the fourth episode of, of The Book of Boba Fett. I'll catch you in the next section. Hey everybody, we are back, and oh man, I just had a refreshing cup of copper cow coffee. Yes, yes, that, that fine, fine cup of coffee that I like to have while I'm recording in the morning. And uh, Jenny, I'm going to set you up with a coupon for Copper Cow. Thank you. Anyone who sends in a pun, a joke, or anything like that, I'll set you up with a super cool discount for Copper Cow Coffee. Save you some money, money, money. All right. And, and, and maybe something else. We'll, we'll, we'll be reaching out, Jenny. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, Dave. Yes. Who, who are these dark young... And we're not talking about uh, B, E, C, black-eyed children. We're not talking about shades or shadows. We're talking about the dark young of Shub Nigratha. So the, the term, you know, okay. So the term kind of loosely comes from Lovecraft, talking, uh, describing uh, Shub Nigratha mm -hmm. as his version of a... Fertility, uh, basically a corrupted, evil fertility goddess. Yeah. Um, and she is the goat with a thousand young. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, the term, though, the dark young of uh, Shagnigaroth comes from the Chaosium role-playing game. That is correct. And it's inspired by the monsters that are in one of my probably quite often not always but right up there always but quite often most favorite non-Lovecraftian Cthulhu story mm -hmm. uh, Notebook Found in an Abandoned House yeah. Robert Block yeah yeah Robert Block of course wrote Psycho yes <laughs> I was like which what, what are you and, which one are, do you want me to episodes of the original Star Trek yeah yeah uh, was there some Outer Limits or Twilight Zone in there I think he did I think uh, Night I think Gallery one of those did um, the first thing I read of him was uh, yours truly Jack the Ripper oh. and I think Outer Limits not Twilight Zone but I think Outer Limits did did a version of yours truly Jack okay. the Ripper cool very cool 
And so this is just an incredibly well story. story. Mm-hmm. And the most articulate 12-year-old country boy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You, I mean, you, you forgive. The story is so written. You forgive that guy writes pretty well for a 12-year-old country kid. <laughs> I think I think I think he's supposed to be 15. 15, but yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> but still, you know, he's supposed to have like minimum uh, education. But he's a he's a good writer. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but the monsters and what you described, you know, these like sort of three-legged tentacle beasts. Yeah. In the story, they're called shoggoths. Yes, they're called shoggoths. And. But Shagas, they don't look or act like the Shagas from the Mountains of Madness or any other, you know, uh, Lovecraftian pastiches yeah. afterwards. So when Call Cthulhu, right, editors are coming up making a creature, um, and they were in some of the first adventures, they have to make it different. So they basically name these creatures the dark young of Shagnagaroth mm-hmm. um, as opposed to calling them Shagoths that are different than other Shagoths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, it's not Shagoth point two oh or yeah. you know, it's not the it's not the East Shagoths or Oh yeah. Or, or the Wood Shagoths. They, they just sort of kind of assume that the that they just the they're just name grabbing a name. These are two different creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them, though, are pretty powerful murder machines. Yeah, yeah, pretty terrible things. And I can, I can imagine if you've read what a shoggoth can do, and you know, like to see a shoggoth is a terrible, terrible thing, according to Abdul Al Hazred. You know, it's like, oh, they're too terrible to actually exist. And then you know, you you see like dark young doing its thing. You might. You, you might decide to call it a shaga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's just you know, you call you know a monster a gremlin or something, or, or a boogeyman or something. It doesn't have to be that type. Definitely. If you see a big, no, I'm not going to do a Jeff Foxworthy shagath joke. All right. So, but yeah, no. Um, what do shagaths and uh, the dark young have in common? I'm, I'm just like, I'm thinking. Oh, what? Did we get another joke? No, 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 no. This isn't another joke. But I'm like, I'm like trying to think. It's like they're both made of like uh, a dark substance that isn't like fully. Okay, shagaths, I, I feel like, are like these. They're made of like three dimensional material like us. You know, you know, we, we're we're made of the same thing they are. Um, Dark young, on the other hand, I, I I think might be like kind of like how Wilbur Waitley and uh, his twin were like kind of like not quite all there when it comes to like physical matter, like kind yeah. of existing outside of space and time as we understand it. But definitely, I think that they're called in. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one thing is like almost any of the races, you seem to be able to control it using a binding spell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of assume that these dark young, that even if they're even if they're not genetically, you know, the children of of Shagnagaroth. Yeah. 
they're aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is there is the, some sort of connection. Is where the Shagoths are are being compelled. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they basically attempted the, the the elder things created. They attempted to to domesticate yeah. the Shagoths. Where the if it makes more sense that the the dark young are closer to like wild wolves yeah you're not going to domesticate them but you might be able to influence them and control them if you control the moon wolf goddess yeah yeah no no it's it's like i i feel like you call them up if you need to get rid of a threat that you can't get rid of yourself like maybe is what cultists do it's like well we can't get rid of these people who are camping where we need to do our ritual the dark young can or you know um it's like or or maybe like um to go with like pure uh rpg math stuff right here maybe having dark young around is a bonus to your spell casting maybe not necessarily a familiar but more like almost like a mobile holy site almost for like 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 a warlock or something <laughs> yeah you know, it's not like maybe maybe a really powerful warlock can call could call up or sorcerer or, you know, if, if we're going with something other than D&D or, you know, it's like a magic user in Call of Cthulhu. It's 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 your first bout out. You're not going to call up a dark young or if you do, you're going to be stuff on a hoof. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. you need to be able to call stuff up. You know, don't call up what you can't put down, as uh, someone once said. I can't remember who that was, but, you know. (laughs) So here's a a question for you. Sure, sure. What do you call a dark young in the ocean? Oh, um, according to uh, Pink Floyd, you can't have them in your classroom. Because there's no dark sargassum in the classroom. No, uh, uh, dark uh, sargassum. Uh, dark sargassum. I I, I know this exactly. Yeah. I didn't think of the Pink Floyd angle. Oh yeah, no, that's that's a joke I've been making for like decades. Ever since yeah. I heard the phrase dark sargassum, I was like, no dark sargassum in the classroom. Teacher, leave those kids alone. <laughs> now that was uh, those which are basically seaweed versions of the um the seaweed version of um uh, of the dark yacht yeah that's that's for they, they were created for uh trail of the bermuda triangle or whatever that one's bermuda called triangle is it it was a uh, one of the early supplements who who surprisingly uh-huh only only the dark sagasm and i think um the seagulls are the only creatures that are in the book. Yeah, it's a really good, interesting, almost almost tourist guide uh, of you know the 1980s Caribbean and like one adventure. That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a book that I use if I want to do any type of role playing or writing in Caribbean. Oh, nice! Very cool. Very um, cool. But it's a, it's a good it's a good backup. But this sort of makes me lead, and, and this is again chaosium. But you know, uh-huh. they're as much an authority as anyone. Oh yeah. But this means if if let's say the 
Dark Children are the land version. Uh-huh. And the Dark Sagastam are, are the water version. Is there an air version is what you're going to say, or a space version? Well, I was going to say that that kind of makes me think maybe it is a form of mutation of yeah. the Shagoth. Maybe it did evolve from the Shagoth. Oh, definitely, definitely. There is, I, I mean, that is something that I, I, I thought, it's like when Chaosium was coming up with it, they could have called it an evolved Shagoth. Um, you know, it's... it's and, and they do. They, 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 they have the Shagoth Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they kind of based Mr. off Shiny. of that taste. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I, I, I think when you have like a biomechanical creature that's been around for millions upon millions of years, I think there might be multiple forms of it. And I don't know if I was going to do D and D or COC, I don't use, I don't use dark young very often at all, but if I was, I, I think I would probably just like more or less say that they're kind of like, uh, just shoggoths or, uh, here's the thing I think of is if Shubnigroth is a perverted or distorted fertility deity, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, mother of a thousand goats, you know, uh, dark goat, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I think what they could be saying is that, uh, is, is like, uh, that that Shabnikaroth is kind of like the start of all biological life in the known whatever, and we are all the dark goat in the woods. And the, you know, dark goat being just, I don't know, sentient life or life in general, and the woods being existence. You know, if you take it just very, very metaphorically, if you're going to take it from like a very kind of like uh, hard to translate alien language about, I don't know, religion, the creation myth or whatever. I mean, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> so, it's you know, so alien. You know, I, I kind of was thinking, you know, the, the very sort of the, the, the elder things were very sort of scientific. Oh, yeah. When they were creating, you know, the Shagoth mm -hmm, and then, mm -hmm. but, you know, who says that their science isn't some sort of, you know, Promethean reaching out to a deity? Or the other thing I was thinking is, what if these are Yithian Shagats? Mm. It's like, who's to say that the Yithians didn't go, you know, what if we had Shagats that look kind of like us? <laughs> Could be. And I have to say, uh, one of the coolest things is I believe um, Dark Young or something that looks a lot like the Dark Young, I always thought, appears in the video game Quake as like uh, a, a, a big big boss. But I think that that's actually supposed to be like oh, some outer god. I can't remember. It's been a billion years since I played Quake. But Well, did, well didn't, didn't Sandy Peterson have a hand at that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, I'm pretty sure that Sandy Peterson was the driving force. Sandy, write me if I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. I was pretty sure he was the driving force between uh, creating the Dark Young as a separate creature for the... Uh, 
call Chaosium, no, but call Cthulhu playing game by Chaosium. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that that sounds about right. That sounds about right. But yeah, Dark Young, uh, they could be Shagas. They could be, I mean, and and if they're Shagas, that means that they're pretty much the same stuff we are. Um, but they're not, though, because if you shoot at one, if you if you chop its limb off or something like that, somehow it's 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 solid all the way through. It doesn't have organs. It doesn't have anything like that. Well, just like a shagath, but yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess probably the best way to get rid of them would probably be like how you would with a shagath. Which I don't know. What do you, what do you do? You blow shagaths up. And then burn the pieces? I don't know. Yeah, that's, I'm kind of remembering. <laughs> that's what Chaosium uh, says, I think. <laughs> yeah, that, that it's fire and electricity yeah. and explosives. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I can't remember off the top of my head what how you get rid of uh, Dark Young and uh, Dark Sargassum. But. Yeah, I, you know, I think, again, it's just... Because... In the book, it never does. Yeah. Got, in, in, in the, the notebook found in an abandoned house, they mm-hmm. don't have anything strong enough to take that on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think game-wise, um, I think it is. It's sort of you just inflict a lot of damage or you find a, uh, a, a spell to, to ban it to another dimension. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, they, they, they may be the galaxy's more natural form of Shoggoth, but someone went, hey, let's make one of those. Let's do it ourselves, said the, uh, elder, the uh, elder things. Or, you know, and that's how you also have, like, the aquatic form or, you know, um, or, 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 or maybe, you know, they're, they're more evolved forms of Shoggoths. Or maybe... They are just another thing that exists out there in that massive multiverse of madness, uh, not related to Marvel. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of like I kind of like the idea. And again, this is all headcanon. Oh, sure. That the 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 elder things you started with, uh, the dark young which would have been non-terrestrial but from another planet and started and then sort of mutated it or or grew it into the the shagoth oh sure sure yeah no i guess kind of like uh how you can like uh take like natural things and then using chemicals like turn it into something else that then i don't know like turning oil into plastic is as, as as i guess like the best way i can think of like dark young into shoggoths or something like that. I don't know. That's yeah. that's just just how I'm thinking of it. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do we have anything else to talk about before I we? I think we about covered it for today. All right. Cool. 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 Oh, oh. Better yet. Better yet. The difference between rubber and synthetic rubber. Ah. Yeah. That's 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 how one could think about the dark young and shoggoths. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. We have been your hosts, Farmer Dave and me, D.B. Spitzer. Check out the show notes to find out anything that we've talked about on the show that I felt like putting into the show notes. Also, check out our sponsors. Help the people who help support us and get some cool deals. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Write, write us. 
Uh, if you've got any jokes, let us know. If you want to find out about the t-shirts and how to support the show, again, show notes. And find out anything that's going on, pgttcm.com. That's where you'll find everything that we do at all. All right. Anything you want to say before we take off into that uh, awesome night? Nope. Just um, have fun. We'll see you next week. All right. See you later, y'all.